Hello, and thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN, and I'm here today with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist with APACN, to talk about quality measures, staffing, five-star rating system, and what's new and what's coming. We're also going to unveil a brand new Apacan product. So welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Amy. I'm excited to be here today. There was a major change to Five Star at the end of July. Can you give a quick overview of why facilities may have experienced a sudden unexpected change in their star rating? Oh, absolutely. So the biggest change in July was due to how the staffing star rating was calculated. And this was a major overhaul. Originally, or before our July update, the staffing stars were calculated using two measures and cut points. And this was using the total staffing and the RN staffing, and RN staffing was weighted higher. And this is completely gone totally overhauled. Now we have six staffing measures. So we're still going to see those original two measures, the total staffing and RN staffing. But instead of using the cut point tables, this is going to be a lot more like the quality measures with the decile group. So 10 equal groups and the highest performing facilities will be in the top decile earning the top amount of points and the lowest performing facilities will be in the lowest decile and receive the minimum amount of points. We're also going to see four new measures. The first one is another staffing measure which is total staffing on the weekends and then we have three new turnover measures. Turnover for total staffing, turnover for RN staffing, and turnover for administrators. Another thing that is a major impact on facilities is prior to our July update, if you had four or five stars in staffing, that would add one star to your overall star rating. And CMS changed it in July. Now only a five star in staffing will add that one star to your overall star rating. So not only could facilities see a drop in their staffing, they could also see a star drop in their overall star rating because of this change. The turnover measures use four quarters of data, so it's a 12-month period with a quarter delay, and then it is updated quarterly. So we're going to see the staffing continue to change and evolve each time there is a care compare refresh on the quarterly updates. Thank you for that information. I did hear that one in three nursing homes, that their star rating will be impacted. So it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds for our members and providers. Thinking about the information you just shared, it occurred to me that the staffing calculation for five star is now very similar to how quality measures are calculated with the turnover measures using four quarters of data and points being earned for each measure. Are there more similarities? That is a great observation and a great comparison because if facilities are familiar with how the quality measures are calculated where you earn points per measure and then that's a sum of those total points for your star rating 
that same methodology is now applied to the staffing rating. So as I mentioned earlier, we have the deciles, which are 10 equal groups, and facilities are going to be placed into those groups based on their rating. Now, just to be clear, the deciles are used for most of the measures with the exception of the administrator turnover measure. And this group only uses three separate groups. Administrator turnover is only worth 30 points. So you could have the full 30 points if you have no administrator turnover, and then it's less points if you had one or two, or if you had three or more turnovers within that 12-month period, you're going to achieve the lowest amount of points possible. Now, what's interesting is the original two measures, the total staffing and the RN staffing are both worth 100 points each, which is the highest amount for the different measures. And then the other measures, with the exception of the administrator measure, which we just talked about, is 30 points. The rest of the measures have a maximum points of 50. So across all of these staffing measures, there's a total of 380 points, but you're looking at achieving points in each of those different measure categories. One more similarity with the quality measures is that the MDS data is still used. So when we talk about quality measures, we know the MDS data has a huge impact on those outcomes. But there are two different ways that the MDS also impacts the staffing measures. The first is with the case mix adjustment. And so for the measures that use hours per resident day, these are also case mix adjusted, which means the hours are also based on the acuity of the residents in your facility. Now, the way the case mix is calculated is still using the RUGS4 grouper. So if you think back Prior to the patient-driven payment model, we use the RUGS4 grouper for Medicare reimbursement. That methodology is still used for the case mix adjustment, and this is all information from the STRIVE study. And if you want more details about how this applies and how the case mix is calculated, there is more information in the five-star user's manual as well as a table that associates minutes with each of the case mix groups based on your staffing type. So minutes associated with the RN, the LPN or LVN, and the nurse aide. The second way that MDS impacts the staffing measures is by calculating daily census. And this is a really big deal. So when you talk about hours per day and your census, that is how they determine how many residents are in your facility per day for how many staff you should have per day. So when we talk about the census being accurate, if you have a failure in your process and you have discharge MDS assessments that have not yet been completed and submitted, and these are ones that are likely very old because we have a time frame where we have to submit by before it's going to impact our publicly reported measures. So if those discharge assessments were missed, that means in the calculations for census, it's saying those residents are still in there. So it's going to show a higher census population than what you currently have. So if you're staffing to a lower resident population, which is accurate, it's going to show that you are significantly understaffed because it's calculating residents that aren't in your facility. And there's a few things we can do about this. Now, one is looking at missed assessment reports in CASPER. You can also look at your roster report in CASPER and compare it to your daily census to ensure that you do not have residents showing up on your CASPER roster that are not in your current census. So if you do, then we need to do that research, see what assessments were missed, and get those discharge assessments completed as soon as possible so those residents are taken out of that census calculation. Now, once the information is publicly reported, 
there's nothing we can do for the base data, so uh, correcting MDSs and such, that's going to fix what's publicly reported. There's already a correction period that's passed. So I believe it is about 85 to 90 days after the end of the, the data quarter that that closes. And then when it's reported later the following quarter, that once it's publicly reported, we can't fix that base data. It is what it is for publicly reporting. Even though we might correct it and it's going to show corrected in Casper, it's not going to be changed in the publicly reporting view. So we need to make sure that's accurate very timely after we submit that data. Thank you. That is very interesting to see those similarities. I would like to switch gears now and talk about five star and quality measures. I've heard from members who are frustrated with the quality measures and five star QM rating. They're making improvements, but not seeing the changes in their rating. What advice do you have for these members? Oh, that is a great question, Amy. And I already talked about how once things are publicly reported, it's too late to make that correction to the source data. So we have to make sure we have a process to correct that data timely. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about the delay in public reporting because one thing that providers really have to understand is that what's publicly reported is historic data. It's a long period of data and there's a delay. So for quality measures, as we talked about before, there is four quarters of data, and this applies for most of the measures. Some of the claims base use a full year with a different update timeframe, and then the discharge community measure uses two full years. But for most of our MDS-based measures, it is four quarters of data with a one quarter delay. So the July refresh that we just had majority of those MDS-based assessments are now showing data that goes back as far as January 1st, 2021 through March 31st, 2022. So it goes through that first quarter of data. The second quarter is that delay. And now that we're entering a third quarter, this is where that is publicly reported. So we see that there is a significant delay, a full quarter delay, and you're looking at stuff as old as, again, right now, January 1st, 2021. Now, with that being said, even though the data is historic, it's still useful. It still shows the trends in how we've been performing over that four quarter period. Now we have to use this in conjunction with CASPER reports, with our five-star preview report, so that we can see those trends. So when you look at your five-star preview report, which is only available for a short period of time, and you have to go into CASPER and pull that report out, that will show you exactly what your average was for each measure, for each quarter, the four quarter average, as well as how many points you achieve for that measure. So that report can help you identify trends to see if there was one quarter that scored very high, if you've been trending up or if your improvements have been trending to a lower your rating and increase your score. So there's a lot of things you can see in that report, as well as knowing that when you look at the report, the next time it refreshes, so the next quarter refresh in October, the oldest quarter is going to drop off and the newest quarter is going to be added. So with that, if you have a quarter that is very high score, you say it was falls with major injury and you had a quarter that had a lot of falls with major injury and you've changed some processes and you're making improvement, 
that quarter that scored high will take up to a year to come off as it works through before it cycles off of that public reporting. So we need to look at the trends, look at what quarters are scoring high, and always look towards continual process improvement. So we're seeing that trend to say, okay, we have to start making process improvements today. So we identify there's a problem. We are looking at the MDSs, making sure the MDSs are correct and accurate and that we should be doing. I always recommend the following month being able to review MDSs the prior month for accuracy, identifying at at least a monthly QM meeting any assessments that newly triggered a measure and verifying they're accurate. So we ensure the MDS is accurate very timely. And then we have to look at really what is the problem and work towards that quality improvement efforts because we need continuous quality improvement efforts to have that ongoing change over time and have that reflected over four quarters of data in five stars. So it's going to take time to see that improvement. You have to wait for bad quarters to drop off. But if you continue to work forward and focus on ongoing improvement, it's going to reflect in the five-star quality rating. So you mentioned quality measures and process improvement, and I know APACN is working on a new training. I'm so excited about this new training. What can you share with us? Oh, Amy, I am so excited also. The training is called Multidisciplinary Management of the Five-Star Quality Measures. And essentially, when we looked at quality measures and we really focused in on some of the pain points and the questions that arise around quality measures, we understood that there are three main barriers that a lot of facilities need to overcome to really manage quality measures. The first is understanding the basics of the quality measure. So understanding what a quality measure is, when it's triggered, and how do I know when it's triggered? So using those source manuals, using the five-star quality users manual, using the five-star users manual, and using those all in conjunction to understand when and why a resident's triggered a measure. The next is to ensure accuracy of the MDS assessment. So we have to ensure the source data is correct. And a lot of questions come around of, I can't quite figure out why this resident's triggering and if it's accurate. And this training goes through all of those key points of really ensuring we know how to audit the assessment and audit the quality measure for accuracy. And the last part of the training really ties it all together. So now we know we have a quality measure that's triggering. We know we want to improve that measure. We know the MDS is accurate, so the source that is accurate. Now what do we do? And that's where we get into process improvement. Now, a lot of trainings really are just giving information of how to solve a particular problem. But when it comes to quality measures, the reason a measure is triggering could be very different based on your facility. So because the root cause of a problem could be so different depending on the measure, depending on the facility, depending on the population, we really need to just focus on how you complete that process. And that's what this training does. It guides you through looking at quality measures, how to identify what problems are, looking at the systems and the processes that could be broken, and then identifying the root cause or root causes so that you can work on that continuous process improvement. So really exciting new product that really takes an entire team because it is a team effort to manage quality measures with that focus on five star because it's such a public view of how the quality is in our facilities thank you jesse for that sneak peek into this exciting new product 
Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so I'd really like to emphasize just how important the five-star quality rating system has become. We've already seen it really grow and change over the years, but more and more we're seeing CMS really emphasize the use of five-star to consumers. So this is really something that providers need to pay attention to and understand how consumers and other stakeholders are using five-star. So some of the ways that we've seen five-star used outside of the facility is we see consumers use it, of course, to look at facilities, compare facilities, whether for themselves for future placement for a loved one. We also see this used by hospitals when they're looking at referrals. They may even use this to talk to families and potential residents about the different facilities that they can go to. Your ACOs, a lot of the ACOs are looking to partner with facilities that have very good quality outcomes. So they're looking at the five-star to make sure that'd be a good fit for their program. If your star rating is low, this could really impact your referral flow. It could impact your ability to become a partner with an ACO. And even Medicare Advantage plans are looking at this and basing their contracts off of the facility's five-star rating. So when we know the five-star rating is public, we know there's a lot of different consumers and stakeholders looking at it. We really need to make it a priority within our facility to have a process around managing and ensuring that what the public sees is truly a reflection of the cares and services that we're providing. Thank you for this information. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.apacan.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NAC Chat Podcast. Heard the news about how you can improve quality care and increase efficiency with Ability? Ability offers a range of applications to simplify the complexity of healthcare, allowing organizations of all types and sizes to spend more time on care and less time manually collecting, analyzing, and reporting data. This allows you to remain in compliance while making data-driven decisions that benefit residents. With Ability, your facility can improve resident outcomes, optimize reporting data, enhance reimbursements, and much, much more. Discover what Ability has to offer at abilitynetwork.com slash a pack-in.